This is the European edition of Breaking Banks, the world's number one fintech podcast and radio show. We bring you the European unicorns, startups, founders, regulators and leaders innovating the rapidly evolving fintech scene today. A truly localized podcast with both English and local language content with some of the world's most well-known hosts and influencers in the fintech sector globally. Join us every week as we explore what makes the European Union a phenomenal proving ground for many of the fastest growing fintech plays in the world today. Okay, let's roll. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Breaking Banks Europe. I'm Francesca Liberti, and I will be your host for, for today. In one of our most popular formats, uh, which is the ecosystem zoom in series. And this time we will focus to um, a very interesting country, which is uh, Romania. And we will see how the country is uh, boosting innovation and allow startups, and especially, of course, fintech startups, uh, to grow in the ecosystem. So before introducing our two guests, uh, which I'm very happy to have with us today. Um, I'd like to share with you uh, some interesting facts uh, I found out while researching about uh, Romania, because I have to say, honestly, uh, I didn't know um, that much about the ecosystem. It's probably one of the countries that it's uh, not usually under the radar of when talking about innovation and fintech, but I actually discovered quite some, some nice stuff. Uh, so, for example, I completely didn't know that Romania is the second largest market for Revolut, for example, with 2.5 million customers, which is quite impressive. And I think tells a lot about the, the rising of digital adoption in the, in the country. Plus, I found out there is quite a high level of tech talent present in, uh, in, the, in the country. And, you know, nowadays, uh, there is literally every company that I know that is looking for, for tech talent. So I, I think it's, it's quite a plus. But let's try to, uh, to double click on, uh, on these things together with our two guests. We have the pleasure to have with us uh, Joanna Guiman, Managing Partner of Alevo. Welcome, Joanna, and thanks a lot for joining us. Hi, very happy to be here. And our second guest is Bogdan Stefan, IT Solution and Software Development Director at Exim Bank and also Innovation Advisor at InnovX. Hello, Bogdan, and welcome to the show. I'm glad to be here to share, let's say, some things from, uh, from Romania startup ecosystem and also fintech ecosystem, of course. Great. So, guys, let's start from, from the very basics. Uh, so, uh, could you please firstly introduce yourself to the audience? Uh, so, tell us uh, who you are, what you're doing, what's your role in your company, and so on. Joanna, you go first. I go first. Thank you. So, I am with Alevo. Um, we are a company that does financial software for uh banks, mainly for banks, financial institutions, SMEs, corporates. Um, we are here, we are around for more than 20 years. It's actually almost 25 years since we are serving the market based in Bucharest in Romania. And my role is a bit of, uh, a little bit of everything since I am one of the main shareholders of the company. Um, 
uh, and you know how every entrepreneur is uh, their own CFO and uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, HR man- uh, <laughs> human resources manager and then uh, tax advisor and all that. So it, I and I do think that it's very important to understand your own company and be very much involved in everything that happens with the team and uh, on the customer side. Yeah, your day is usually 48 hours, basically. Something like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Joanna. Bogdan, your turn. From my side, I will say at the time in financial services for almost 20, 20 20-something years. So I know a little bit about about banking and about uh, uh, other connect uh, industries around the financial sector. Also being pleased to to be involved starting in 2019 in the uh, Innovix uh, Accelerator, which is a business accelerator, uh, starting as a fintech, let's say, advisor, uh, but not just in in fintech involved, but also in in other projects regarding technology and also modeling the business. So I'm not uh, involved just in, in technology, but also in uh, in business model and refine the business model or reshape the business model to, to evolve and uh, grow faster. So I'm here with with two heads. One of mm-hmm. the head is, let's say, uh, with with uh, with a bank, with a well-established bank, but uh, on the on the other head, uh, I also involved in the in the innovation and i'm very very pleased to to be around the innovation also innovation in in romania but also in eastern europe uh, because uh, i have to the opportunity to apply some of the things that uh, together we grow in in romania to to my other head which is which is the banking head. nice so i think we have quite a we can have quite a good overview because you both cover a lot of different sides of the ecosystem. So that's that, that's really great. So I was, as I was mentioning before, probably, and, and I'm, I'm sorry to say that, but I'm sure that you will understand, the majority of our listeners don't really know about Romania um, because probably it's a country that it's not really under the radar um, uh, of people. Uh, normally, we always talk about big ecosystems like London and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's start together understanding how the ecosystem is right now and perhaps how it evolved during the years. So how would you define the current situation of startups, but specifically fintech startups right now in Romania? So start, the startup start ecosystem is quite uh, young, I would say, and but there are a number of companies that are trying to best define their business model and uh, define their business and create a business and then succeed. Of course, only one in more than 10 businesses get to succeed and that's why as you said not many have heard of this ecosystem or know much about it um but the what's helping i think is that several boot camps or accelerators or these types of um places where 
these entrepreneurs can meet with potential investors and advisors uh, to be schooled and also to have access to um, not only to mentorship, but to potential money is mm-hmm. very, very useful. And this has started to happen, I would say, over the past five years, maybe. Um and it's 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 starting to move. Of course, if you t- want to compare to the likes of London and New York and Singapore and Silicon Valley, it's a whole different story. But I think people are looking at the models of the e-series and are trying to replicate as much as possible. I think for entrepreneurs here, money is very, very scarce. Um, we did have access to uh, something that is very cool in Europe, to grants. Uh, and if you have a very good project in mind that has a chance to succeed, then you can then apply and get some money that you do not need then to return to an investor. And that is a very cool um, uh, funnel for uh, building your project and uh, getting those customers and starting a real business. Um, but lately with the pandemics and all that, I think financing has been a bit lower um, than than before and money is a bit more scarce, I would say, from our perspective at, at the very least. Of course. And uh, from an Alevo perspective, uh, you are a Romanian company built up in yeah. Romania. So you think uh, you got advantages or thinking back, uh, you're like, okay. If I were building up somewhere else, uh, it would have mm-hmm. been more smooth. Well, it depends. I mean, we are uh, quite—we're not a very typical company. I mean, we still are—we are in the market for a very, very long time, but we still are a hundred percent privately owned company. Most such companies have sold at least part of yeah. their share, shares to, I don't know, bigger groups uh, to mm-hmm. get access to other markets and to other customers. I think this is one of the barriers that we see is that we have a very good reputation in in the local market, in Romania, in Moldova, um, with our customers. We do have very long-standing relationships with our customers. Um, most of the biggest banks here are already our customers. We did projects like the automation of the instant payments flow, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, projects like um, uh, the automation of uh, the of the most um, usual um, financial flows of banks. And then if you talk about connectivity to SWIFT and the processing of all that message pack, now with the migration to the XML, finally, mm-hmm. to the XML structured <laughs> format, um, connectivity to the target, to services and all that. So this is something that we have been doing and we are getting better and better at it and servicing our customers, helping them on the compliance side of things, helping them in the payments operations area and um, and, and, and this this side of the business. But for us, it's it's difficult to grow more uh, in the absence of a customer. So what I find difficult is to start a very innovative project that I, I have mm-hmm. this very wonderful idea. This is a problem. I want this to, I, we can solve this. If you don't get access to money, uh, it's very difficult to get to impl- implement it without a customer. 
Yeah, makes so sense. So basically, our strategy is to find a customer and do a project together and then try yeah, to... Yeah, sort of them. industry partner or something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So let's maybe double click on this, Bogdan, because, uh, of course, when I think about a successful ecosystem, you always think about uh, uh, the access to capital, as Joanna was saying. So how would you define, you have, uh, of course, the, the double act, as you said before. So how would you define the VC, angel, uh, um, accelerator, uh, and so on, uh, ecosystem in Romania? I have a different opinion than Ioana, so I'm quite sure that... Right. Uh, yeah, that's is, great, this, even better. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is something different, because what I have seen in the past six years, and also it's... Uh, Romanian venture capital report, I think, uh, which is uh, from 2022, I believe. So very close to 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 this date is actually that uh, startup uh, Romanian startups have re registered uh, 12 uh, x increase uh, in the investment in the last six years. So actually the the investments have been increased in the last past years. And also, let's not forget that actually Romania right now is sitting on the uh, fifth place in investments in the startups uh, after Estonia, which is the number one. Uh, also for me, it was a surprise. Uh, I, I did the research back two years ago and I find out that actually Estonia is for quite a while is uh the number one in investment in the startups ecosystem uh and i i have to say that uh, we maybe should find out how they are doing this and how they how they are attracting those money uh being the the first in in eastern europe and also behind the poland which is much greater in terms of number of uh people within the country but uh, like you have said Actually, what I think it's very interesting here is uh, the uh, the ecos not just the ecosystem, but also the the people which are involved in these type of projects, and have to say that uh, there are a lot, a lot of people which are very technical, uh, and uh, we know we know that uh, Romania has the percentage of uh, tech savvy. Uh, much bigger in Eastern Europe than the, than the other country. Of course, if you are uh, considering the, the number of people living in Romania, because we are decreasing and decreasing each and every year, but the number of tech savvy actually it's, it's increasing. And like you have said, the uh, the ecosystem is clearly in on the right trend because of those uh, tech savvy uh, people. And that's why I think Revolut has a big uh, is a big player here, and having 2.5 million customers here, uh, it's it's very great. And actually, it's showing that Romania has potential in terms of uh, of fintechs and startups which are considering to to come to Romania. Yeah, you know, it, it was a, um, a thing that. Uh, surprised me in a positive way because I always think that uh, the innovation needs to be connected with the people, how the people are reacting to that. So, for example, I was living for a lot of times in the Netherlands and over there, which is almost a cashless society, 
um, every innovation, especially connecting with the digital payments and so on, it's very easy uh, accepted by the population. Uh, while I'm Italian, so in other countries like Italy, it's much, much more difficult. So, for example, just a couple of months ago, we can we have to pay by car the, the taxi. But believe me, it's it's a continuous struggle because uh, <laughs> there's no taxi driver that wants to um, be paid with a credit card. Uh, yeah. And when I see uh, that in Romania, this um, percentage of people using a tool like Revolut, but I'm sure also other tools uh, is increasing. It, it, it's very, it's, it's very uh, surprising and interesting for me because it means that there is a fertile ground for, for innovation. So do you think that uh, the population can be a driver in this sense? Oh, definitely. And I think uh, you did mention Revolut and it did have uh, great success. I think for a number of re reasons, for example, they came to the market where they did offer something a bit better than banks uh, on the exchange rate. We do ha still ha uh, use local currency in Romania. So if you would want to pay euros in a different country or to buy something or whatever, it would be slightly cheaper to top up your Revolut card and then um, make the purchase using your Revolut card. And they did attract a number of people. Then there was the transfer between friends and they were just a bit before banks uh, enabled this very fast transfer between friends and split the bill and all these things. Plus the number of expats that are working abroad and um, need to use a very uh, easy to uh, access means of sending money back home, uh, travel and all that. But Revolut did speculate uh, the opportunity at, I would say, uh, the right time, and they did succeed. Another story was that of Mpesa, which was a huge success in uh, Uganda, in Kenya, yeah. in countries where it was deployed, right? Uh, it was very recently, a number of years ago, replicated here, and it was an epic failure, you know? Seriously? Um, oh, I didn't, I completely yeah. didn't know about that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it, was, it was interesting. They said, okay, this was a huge success. Let's bank the unbanked, right? Everybody mm -hmm. wants yeah. to reach those people that maybe do have a credit card where they get paid for, uh, from their work. But the, the minute they get paid, they run to the ATM and pull the money out mm -hmm. and turn it to cash. Um, so Mpesa was a good idea in remote areas. There are a lot of uh, villages across the mountains and all that in Romania is uh, Romania is very a very big rural rural society as well yeah. and um, it didn't really work I don't know if it was awareness or um, improper education of giving a tool that was not easy enough to use or accessible enough to the target people mm -hmm. but it didn't really work and I think we can find several stories of this kind. Definitely Romania is a place of opportunity because many people still are quite unbanked and cash can be pulled out even more. Um, and I hope that very soon we will get to live in this place where you can travel just having your phone around anywhere. Yeah, but we, we, everybody in something like that, let's see. And Bogdan, what's your opinion on this? 
think if you're looking at about the society, it's true that it's very rural, but uh, even in rural uh, areas, we, we have the access of the internet and so on and so forth. So I think from this perspective, we are not, uh, let's say, using the financial services in the rural area, but we, we can have it. So the opportunity, yeah. the opportunity is there, of course. Uh, if you are looking about the the consumer habits and also the statistics having in the consumers' habits, we can we can see that actually the increase in uh, uh, card payments and in other type of payments uh, regarding in the last years. But also, what what is very strange that in the um, in the pandemic era we can see that actually the, uh, an increase in using the the cash in transaction which was very strange uh, this statistic was uh, in 2021 i think and for me it's going to uh, it's it's not following the trend that we are having right now in digitalization and uh, working with uh, uh, card payments or uh, PSD to type of payments and so on and so forth. So it's uh, we, we have ups and downs in the same time, but of course, uh, if if we are considering the the education, the financial education, I think we can see in the last years a lot of effort from the banking sector mm -hmm. to to address this type of education in uh, in a lot of areas. Uh, considering also loan, using the card, and so on and so forth. So I think we are on the right track. Great. And, and we are going to deep dive a little bit more uh, into, into how Romanian banks are doing. But before we are going for a, a very short break, we hear from our sponsors, and we will be back in a minute. Do you want to be part of Breaking Banks Europe? Reach out and learn more about the opportunity to be featured in one of our shows. With over 1.6 million listeners and counting, Breaking Banks Europe is bound to become the place to advance critical dialogue in Europe and the UK fintech scene. Reach out on Instagram or Twitter at BreakingBanksEU or go to www.provoke.fm. And we are back together with our two guests uh, talking about uh, the Romanian ecosystem. And we just left uh, before the break uh, talking uh, um, with, uh, with Bogdan. He was mentioning um, uh, how the banks are actually uh, looking into, uh, into, into the innovation, uh, especially connected with, uh, with the behavior of the consumers. And I would like then to uh, deep dive a little bit more into this because as I, I, I remember to everybody, I remind to everybody, Bogdan wears two hats. So he's also a banking guy. Um, how do you think so the incumbents are, are gearing up? Uh, are there any relevant stories worth mentioning, you think? I think somehow in, in Romania, uh, it's... It's worth mentioning that actually the, the financial sector and the banking uh, industry is shaping, let's say, the the way of thinking and the, the way how they are structuring the deals 
with the customer. And when I'm thinking uh, about the retail, because when you are you are seeking the the info the the information you you can you can tell about the retail banking and not the corporate banking. In the corporate banking, there are other type of uh, of speeds in terms of development and closing the deals and so on and so forth. So basically, in retail, we can see that actually a lot of uh, a lot of activity has put uh, from the bank in in the online and the um, the way that. Uh, we are considering that the bank and the customers should interact have been changed in the last uh, two to three years, uh, also accelerating by, by the pandemic, I have to say. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, I have to say that actually uh, National Bank of Romania uh, has been made a, a step in that direction, making a fintech innovation hub also to keep the legislation up to date in terms of with this type of innovation. Uh, here, I have to admit that actually the uh, the fintech and the startups uh, didn't uh, uh, push a lot of uh, a lot of modification in the in the in this forum in this uh, hub that uh, the national bank has been made. And uh, we are lagged behind in terms of uh, some uh, some regulation that are still present uh, in our country, and I think this is this is a pity because uh, um, you know the, the innovation should be hand in hand with the legislation yeah, to be definitely. not yes to to be not uh, to to be uh, let's say on the, on the on the safe track with regulators. Otherwise. Uh, you might face the situation that what you are doing is considering not right, and uh, yeah, maybe some um, uh, some fines may appear or other other type of sanction from from the regulators. So, do you have the feeling that the regulators are not completely supporting uh, the innovation process? I think I think it's uh, it's not the opening openness of of the national bank, but actually. Uh, I think fintech should uh, should push more on that direction and be mo much more present uh, with uh, with request in this fintech innovation hub that uh, national bank has has been developing the in the past years um, because otherwise they will not understand. So uh, basically, it's, it's something that should be done differently. Fintech should educate, let's say, the reg regulators what they are doing, how they are doing, and how the regulators should consider the, their type of transaction of the activities that they are doing. Yeah, so helping them understanding what the fintech needs, let's say. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. All right. So, Ioana, what's your, your point of view on these two things? So, I would like you to um, double-click both on the relationship with the incumbents, so the banks that I was asking at the beginning, and also then uh, with the with the regulator side, I, I think it's um, what Bogdan said. There there is a slight lack of sync between all these types of institutions, the fintech ecosystem, the banks, and the regulator. Uh, it's been made very obvious with when more complex project uh, projects arrived, where opportunities were obvious, let's say, to the fintechs, were made obvious to the banks, 
but were not that easy to implement because of the lack of legislation or many other things, as, as Bogdan mentioned. I mean, with open banking and this data privacy mm-hmm. um, uh, regulation that were made, were, were so big and so talked about that everybody kind of started to understand after a while what they meant and what doors they would open. Open banking was something that required a great investment on the side of the banks. And banks have spent a lot of time, resources, and effort to implement projects that would allow them to open their APIs to fintechs. And then, what do you know, there were not that many fintechs registered with a national bank. You would ask why. Were they not interested? Yeah. Were the APIs, you cannot read the APIs all way. The APIs are proprietary format and every bank open different looking APIs and you would have to make an integration with each and every bank on the market. And then mm-hmm. what were you able to do with the APIs? Oh, wait, you cannot ask, access things like this, this and this and this. Oh, wait, the fintech is not been authorized by the National Bank to operate in Romania, although Romania is part of the European Union. Yeah. And other such things that were, there are things that can be solved, but they move very, very slowly. So open banking was something that... Uh, became a framework available out there, but not that used from this bank fintech collaboration perspective that would be turned into a major feature to people, I would think. So if I understood correctly, what you both think is missing, it's kind of a homogeneous link in between all the stakeholders, like uh, they don't really talk with each other in a, in, in a hundred percent way. Or it's not very obvious what should be done to make it easier. I mean, they do talk. I mean, you you have people available at the National Bank even who you can talk to. But the thing is, as Bogdan was trying to explain, that someone has to make some uh, very specific requests. We need this, this to happen. Yeah, makes sense. Um, and, and changing slightly um, a topic, uh, but I really want to uh, to tackle this before we, we end uh, out of time. Um, at the very beginning, I was mentioning um, the importance of tech talent, uh, especially in Romania, because what I've read uh, um, is that you have really a high percentage of tech talent in the country. And uh, considering that there is an incredible high demand of this type of talent and there is a quite scarcity of well-trained one, this, I think, could really be a plus. And I would like you both to give me um, uh, your opinion around this uh, uh, because, of course, we see that even when there is talent, it, there is such a high cost uh, that it's really difficult for a startup to compete with companies like Google and so on. So I see a lot of companies going to look for talent uh, in the uh, Eastern Europe countries. Um, what's your uh, experience with that? And do you think that Romania can actually play a good role in this? You, wanna, you, wanna, you, can, you can start on this because... I can start? Yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> Of I was about to say something uh, a bit surprising, although the, the Romania is very famous for this large pool of tech talent. I feel that it 
tactile and is still scarce and it's still missing because we are looking for tactile on a permanent basis. So we are a software company, right? We're about yeah. 30, 32 people in our company. Um, and it, it's still difficult to find people who also fit your team because it's very important to have the right synergy uh, between your team members, right? And mm -hmm. then you are looking for a number of competence and uh, it's not very easy to find because Romania has been on the radar of very large corporates that have open offices locally or yeah. that or that rent resources. Many um, companies that rent people have mm -hmm. opened locally for this reason. And um, the, the demand is so high that it's still very difficult to find people, I think, uh, especially when you are looking for a very particular type of resource. For example, you would like to hire this uh, software architect that is very skilled in certain types of systems or operating systems and database, uh, yeah. more than just a simple um, computer scientist or a programmer, right? It becomes not very easy to find these types of people. And uh, I, I do know that it's worse in uh, other countries or other places. Um, one of the advantages and reasons why people are looking for talent here is that uh, English is quite uh, well spread and I think almost everybody uh, speaks it to, to, to a very uh, certain level. Uh, so it's easy to integrate someone in, in a more, more global team. Yeah. So you you are breaking my myth, uh, Joanna. So I, I, I cannot I'm, advise I'm... my client to, to come and find data scientists and so on in Romania. <laughs> no, you, you could, but it's, it's not very easy. And yeah. because of this high demand, as of late, it's not even that cheap. Because back 10 yeah. years ago, 15 years ago, it, it was way more... Um, it made a lot more sense to go look, look for these types of resources. However, these companies have helped local talent grow and have helped teach them uh, corporate rules, which is something that I think is very important and it's not being taught in schools. So in schools, you will, you would learn your maths and your, yeah. I don't know, what subjects you, you, you take. Uh, C sharp and Python and a couple of uh, coding languages, right? Yeah. You are very good at it, but then you don't really know how the application. To yeah, you don't really know how people work with the, across teams in a multinational company. And I think this experience is very good for people to understand how things work and how a team works together to get results. Um, done. I mean, Bogdan can tell you more. They had a very, at the bank, they had a very, very uh, large project uh, beginning of end of last year. We were a, a small part of that project where they they tried to keep the lights on within their bank and a bank they acquired, merging all these systems while serving the customers without a single glitch. And it was something that was not really, really visible to the customers, um, but they tried to uh, make sure that their teams deliver the, um, a project without any glitches. 
Nice. Everything was in production, right? So it was, I mean, there was a very high pressure on the teams and it was a good thing that the teams were responsible enough to understand the the impact of such a project and to make sure that everything runs smoothly. So Bogdan, tell us about this this amazing project and uh, your experience with, with tech talent within the bank then. Yes, so for last year, we have been uh, taking, let's say, these two banks, a retail bank and a corporate bank, and have to merge from the operation, from the operation perspective. And it was a very tight uh, project because we have we have to to do it in, I think, less than uh, less than ten months. Yeah. So for cool. that, for that, uh, I have to say that I'm quite happy that uh, we had a good result in terms of uh, of this uh, merger of these two banks, uh, which were very differently from the from the operational part because, like I've said, it's a retail and a corporate bank, and right now we are a universal bank offering both uh, type of services for the retail customers and also for the corporate customers. But I think this is not uh, this is not the main topic, and we are considering, let's say, that the talented people, which are which are here in Romania, and we can uh, together develop. And I think for for the listeners, it's, it's quite good to understand that the uh, the people here are investing quite a lot in the uh, in the IT. And they are very open to to learn and to to develop their career in in the site. And uh, I think I think it's it's very important, like Ivana have said, the development that uh, the companies can coming here uh, are uh, are doing for for the existing people, for the existing mm-hmm. uh, let's say developers or uh, IT uh, people, IT related people involved in their uh, in their operation and uh, i think with uh, with the right mindset uh, everyone can come here and uh, uh, find the people which will be able to deliver their projects but they have to be to have a strategy and to to have let's say an uh, an open minded to make them understand how the things can be done in an, in their operation, in order for the for the uh, IT staff in Romania to understand how they can uh, deliver those uh, those requests. So from this perspective, I have to say the the percentage it's it's very high uh, of the people which are involved in the IT services. Uh, it's true that we we have to to grow in the in the skills, like you wanna have said in the there are particular type of skills that uh, we are not covering very well but i think with the with the right mindset of the of the uh, uh of the companies which are thinking to to come here to and look for the uh for the talented people here uh i think uh, they can uh, they can develop also those type of skills uh because we are very uh, let's say mathematical type of thinking yeah. so yeah, I, I, you know what I mean. Yeah, no, no, definitely. I mean, it's. Uh, I I don't know if it's uh, if it's a myth or not, but um, especially when we think about 
uh, East European countries, we, we all know that uh, you have very strong uh, technical, uh, technical skills, uh, mathematical mindset. So definitely it's, uh, it's quite a huge opportunity there. Uh, so it's, it's a it's an it's a partnership. You you have yeah. to think like a partnership because you have also to to develop the people which are actually yeah. in in your team. This is and it will be a win win situation for for both sides. Yeah, I think uh, you know we are all uh, um, complaining about the scarcity of talent, but probably we need to reconsider also the way we build up our organizations and. Uh, somehow uh, try to train better the people that already have some skills within the company, perhaps. Uh, because uh, yes. Yes, I, I see so many also. companies yeah. saying, yeah. okay, I cannot find talent. Okay, maybe let's try to rebuild the skills within your your current uh, team. I don't okay. know. It's uh, my it's two cents. something <laughs> that we did internally because we were looking for someone to fill a certain uh, position with a financial spin and we could not find that type of person and then I said well why don't we try the very nice lady who currently is our receptionist and had a little bit of experience not what we were looking for but she's willing to learn she does a fantastic job right uh, nice. she did learn it was it was a terrible year for her and her family where she did learn and learn and learn and then learn some more <laughs> But, um, you know, enthusiasm matters. And uh, if you take the time to show people that you care about their growth, they are doing the return. Yeah, I think this is really, really key. And it's, it's really nice to hear that from an entrepreneur, uh, Joanna. It's, it's really good. So, guys, we almost reached the end of this episode, but I have one very last question for, for both of you. Uh, so if you could share with our audience where people can talk to you if they want more information about your doing and your project, please uh, share it uh, with us. Well, I'm easy to find on, uh, I would say Twitter is the easiest, that's Joanna Guiman, and uh, one word, or LinkedIn, or uh, at alevo.ro is our website. Very happy to speak with anybody. Nice. Bogdan. Uh, for me, it's very easy, Bogdan, uh, at uh, innovix.eu. I think this is the, the this is the first choice. And also uh, on LinkedIn, I think it's very important. Perfect. So our amazing Renata will put everything in the description of the episode. So we are sure people reach out to you if they need uh, more information on your project and what you're doing. So we reached the end of this episode and I really want to thank you both, Joanna and Bogdan. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you for the invitation. invitation. Yes, thank you for the invitation and hope that we are we are hearing from your side also. Yeah, Very I discovered soon. a lot of things about Romania, so it's, uh, it was super interesting for me and I'm sure also for the audience. So, I'm of course... forward to the day when you come visit. Ah, yeah, definitely. Definitely should. I'm, I'm not even that far, so I know it's uh, exactly. there are a lot of Italians. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That would be great. So thank you very much also to our audience for joining this uh, Zoom in episode. Always remember to follow Breaking Banks Europe on all streaming platforms and social media. I'm Francesca Liberti and see you all next week. 
Thanks for listening to Breaking Banks Europe, a Provoke Media podcast in cooperation with Fintech Stage. Don't forget to tweet us out, shout out, or post to the team at Breaking Banks EU on Twitter. If there's something or someone you'd like to hear on our cast, let us know. See you next week on Breaking Banks Europe.